All your base are belong to us. Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy, and I drink coffee too fast, and I am wired. I hope I'm not talking at a speed that is incomprehensible to anybody but a hummingbird. I know. We usually talk fast anyways. I went to text somebody, and it took me 15 minutes because I kept getting distracted by things like the pictures of frogs that I took. (laughs) It happens. You need to eat some actual food. You, what you don't think candy is enough? Candy's probably like <laughs> candy's exacerbating the issue. Uh, I marry a marketer, and Kermit is my boyfriend. Kermit is a frog. That Mary, that can't be true because Kermit is my boyfriend, and Kermit is a frog. We can, Kermit can date as many people as he wants. <laughs> He's a frog. We're all in an open relationship with Kermit. Yeah. Um, Kermit is my boyfriend. If you haven't heard Kermit this song, then you're just like, "Hey, what's up with Missy and Mary being so horny?" I'm for not Kermit? gonna. I'm not even gonna explain it. Yeah, all you need to know is we're horny for Kermit. <laughs> that's going to be the fucking title, isn't it? See, this is the thing. If you say that's going to be the title, then I'm morally obligated to choose something else. But okay. horny for Kermit is a really good <laughs> title. So we'll it see. It the title, colon, horny for Kermit. So you get something else in there. Mm. Mm. There it is. Why do people listen? I don't know. <laughs> it's a mystery. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first and get the worst thing out- over with. Okay. Um, I watched Halloween Ends. We're so glad it ended. <laughs> Thank God it's over. I didn't watch it. I don't know anything um, about it. So I've watched all the new ones now. So um, how I don't know what the first one was called. And I think it was Halloween. I think it was Halloween and then... Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. And... Um, you would never know this was a Halloween movie if you didn't have Jamie Lee Curtis in it and, you know, a few references to Michael Myers because Michael Myers is barely in it. How different do you think the world would be is if Michael Myers did shorten it to Mike and we had to distinguish between Mike Mike Myers, the, the killer, and Mike Myers, beloved Austin Powers actor? Um, I don't know. It might be a fun world. Somewhere out there in the multiverse, this world exists. (laughs) And I wonder what it's like there. Um, Maybe it's spooky. Maybe in that world, Mike Myers, beloved Austin Powers actor, decided to go by Michael Myers. I would like to let you know that when we were playing Smartass, that one of them was, uh, I'm a spy, I live in London, and everyone just kept being like, it's... James Bond and everyone's like they're wrong they're wrong and then it was like yeah, I always have a sexy psychic I'm like Austin Powers <laughs> and I got it I got it I was right and everyone's like oh <laughs> anyways Halloween ends um, so the premise just starts with like this kid who's babysitting and um, accidentally kills the kid that he's babysitting by pushing him off the stairs I hate it when I accidentally push, <laughs> push the kid I'm babysitting off the stairs <laughs> And he like goes to jail for a while, and then I think he gets to get out because it was clearly a. Uh, oh my god, why are you yawning? You didn't drink your coffee as fast as I did. I, I did, and now I'm crashing. Well, um, I don't know if I'm ever coming down. <laughs> Not if you keep eating candy. <laughs> You're just like when someone's hungover, you just keep drinking. Yeah, that's you with candy. <laughs> that's me, but it's candy. <laughs> You're the problem. Hi, it's Mitzi. Mitzi, Mitzi, it's, it's a, a Mitzi. <laughs> 
why people listen to us for, for this. Oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to do everything except talk about Halloween ends. <laughs> the kid kills the kid on accident. Um, jump forward like a year or I don't know, five maybe. Who knows? Somewhere around there. Um, he starts to have a relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis's character's granddaughter. Um, but things start to get weird. He gets bullied and pushed down, pushed out off of a bridge. And then it gets brought into a hole. Because um, spoilers. Michael Myers was living in a hole for some reason and dragging people in. I don't know if he was eating them or not. But the homeless man said they didn't come out. So is he a cannibal now? I don't know. Hmm. But it seemed as though, this is major spoilers, or not, if you don't believe this is what happened, it seems as though this kid was, like, taking Michael Myers' essence. Mm. And, like, his eyes were, they were like, his eyes don't look the same. They look like that one of a killer. And he starts like killing people. Like first it's accidental and then it's like, oh no, this feels great. And this is the whole the whole movie is about this kid that we've never met, no idea who he is, have zero attachment to him. And I'm, and my theory is that it's called Halloween Ends because Michael Michael Myers officially dies at the end. Like there's no doubting he's dead. They put him through a wood chipper. They kill him. And then they're like, the cops like, he's not dead enough. And then they, <laughs> the entire town comes together and like they put him on top of the cop car dead. They bring him to this wood chipper, which is like one of the things the movie opens up with. So I'm like, clearly this wood chipper is coming mm, into play. Chekhov's wood wood chipper. Exactly, exactly. And then they like, um, oh, what's what? How, they like, it's like crowd surfing, but it's more like angelic. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a really good example of this, but they're like. That part, that part in Game of Thrones with the white saviorism. Yes. With, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what they're actually saying, but it sounds like Misa. they're saying pizza, Misa, pizza. Something like that. When they're passing, all the slaves that she freed are passing Daenerys. Yeah, but they're passed, like, he's, like, crowd surfing over them. And it's, like, this weird, honestly. Corpse surfing. Yes, it was corpse surfing. Honestly, my favorite part, because it was so fucking weird. I was, like, just give it to me like this. I love this. Like, I love this. And one of the cops is, like, this isn't how we do it. And the other cop looks at him and goes, well, tonight it is. <laughs> and they just put him through the wood chipper and we watch him go through the wood chipper. And I think this new kid's going to be the new Michael Myers, mm. um, which I think is an interesting choice. And people really hated this movie. I thought it was bad. My husband was pissed through the entire fucking thing. He's so He was so mad. And I know for a fact he's going to rewatch this movie and be like, it was all right. I know for a fact. Um, there's So I saw my husband sent me um, some things like, the parallels between this trilogy and a previous trilogy are really similar. And it looks like they were just trying to do a, the same thing of like the type of story that they're telling. So it does actually make sense if you look at it that way. I can't remember which ones it is, but like one of the Halloween movies, um, the third one in a trilogy, like doesn't really have much to do with him. And so it just seems like it was paralleling this, this situation. What I thought was the weirdest besides the wood chipper scene um was they really marketed this movie to people who love real housewives <laughs> jamie lee curtis was on real housewives of of um beverly hills twice she had a whole episode where she where she because if you don't know kyle richards who has, is who is like the longest running um housewife uh of beverly hills she is a child actor she was um, in Little House on the Prairie. Um, she 
uh, her sister what was in um, Kim Richards was in um, Escape to Witch Mountain. But Kyle Richards is also one of the little kids. Lori? No, not Lori. Anyways, one of the little kids in the original one. So they bring her back in the, in this series. But for some reason, this one specifically, a lot of the promo included Jamie Lee Curtis, her granddaughter, and Kyle Richards. <laughs> she was on it twice. She was on the reunion where she brought everybody pumpkins with their faces carved into them. Um, like, there's so... like her cal richards instagram was like full of promo for this and like yeah she's doing this movie but they really pushed it cal richards was in this movie for a minute <laughs> and for some reason she's doing tarot cards now i don't know i really truly don't know and i i'm just so i'm so interested i would love to have been in the room for like what is our marketing strategy and like why are they targeting this specific audience and what was the reason behind that because i don't I don't think this is the audience who watch Real Housewives wouldn't like this. I just think it's interesting that they would really, really, really fucking target this audience. Hardcore. Because um, let me tell you, Real Housewives is nothing like a horror movie. Unless you think people fighting is a horror movie. Um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it was so weird that they really used her for marketing and she is barely in it. Um, which is like, I guess she's one of the most well-known actors in the movie, um, but only because she's not, well, part of the reason because she's on a um, reality show and her sister is Kathy Hilton, who's the mother to Nikki and Paris Hilton. Um, anyways, I thought that was the strangest thing of this movie. <laughs> it wasn't very good. A lot of people hated it. Some people really loved it. And I think if you like the Halloween movies that um, are not just straight, like, kill movies. And, like, there's one where, like, they do a backstory about them and, like, try to do this, like, insane asylum thing. I think that That's one- the first one, right? No. This one is, I think, is Rob or the, the Rob Zombie one. Oh. The, people I think fucking the, hated it. Ha- I didn't. Well, okay. I don't like Halloween. Period. Fair. I don't like the franchise. I I have seen the first one. That's I didn't fine. care for. I don't like slasher movies. I just find yeah. them uninteresting to me. Um, I didn't like the original Halloween. I really did not like Rob Zombies. I thought Hall- you're not alone. <laughs> I thought the Halloween reboot, the first one, was pretty good. Of this new trilogy, yes. everyone everyone likes the first one. Everyone hated the second one, and then everyone's like, actually, the second wasn't one so bad when you can look at the third. <laughs> I think if you like the like I watched the Rob Zombie one and I thought it was interesting um but mostly because like I was getting some actual plot right sure. um I think if you liked that you will probably like this but so not many people <laughs> um people tend to hate Rob Zombie movies which is so I think he's a valid. he's a lover he's a love it or hate it director my husband loves him he just did the monsters yeah that I'm interested in um, Bob watched and he said it was okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's the first PG-13 movie he's ever done. Oh, fun. Or show. I don't know. I mean, he puts his wife in everything and she's a terrible actress. And like, <laughs> I would highly suggest not watching Rob Zombie if like rape and <laughs> murder like bother you. Because Wow. But if you There's love those things. He just loves to watch his <laughs> I know wife you, get raped. I know what you mean, but it just. <laughs> it's like he feels like somebody this is a tangent i feel like rob zombie somebody who's like i'm saying something but he's not yeah um he just really wants to do this he's like i feel like talking to him would be insufferable sure um but i have seen an absurd amount of his movies because my husband <laughs> loves him um 
Yeah, Halloween ends. Not. I'm glad it's ended. You know what you didn't talk about hmm. when Harry met Sally? Oh fuck, I didn't. You, t- you can put it on this one if you want. Well, when Harry met Sally was really good. Missy made me watch it, and it and was, I was right to do so. Yeah, it was the beginning of uh, so many like rom com tropes. Yeah. Um the the saddest thing about it is I didn't find what's the same attraction. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Um and see also- now I miss the days when you could have people in a movie who weren't the hottest person you'd ever seen. But they were hot to people in that age. The thing is I don't know if like I don't know that Billy Crystal was like a sex symbol. I, so yeah, much I as, wouldn't think he is. Uh I I god I can't remember what it was, but I did read a quote once about Nora Ephron's movies that are basically like the people in them are not sexy, but the 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 conversations mm-hmm. they have are are really sexy. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with this movie. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, Meg Ryan is gorgeous and she was the is. star of a million rom coms. Um, but she's not like Barbie. No, but she's she's really pretty. She is really pretty. Uh, Billy Crystal looks like a normal man, um, which is not to say he's unattractive. He's just not. You know, fucking Henry Cavill, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Ryan Gosling style attractive where it's just like you are inhumanly beautiful. I can't look at you or my eyes burn out of my skull. Yeah. Um, And I appreciate I appreciate that having like this witty, fairly standard looking man. Yeah, I would agree. I like I kind of miss the days when you could have somebody who's just really good at acting in a movie and not just the most beautiful person. But I will say a lot of times it was only the men. Who were, oh sure yeah, so that that's yeah. an issue um but like who wants to be the average looking woman <laughs> you're so average looking i guess people in hollywood are probably mean anyway so oh yeah I, I think the more i thought about the movie the more sad it got mm-hmm. um because they wasted so much time and wasted so much time on people who not that didn't deserve them that just wasn't their person when they clearly loved each other they had to grow into the kind of person who was right for the kind of person and that's, that the other person was. yeah and it's like i don't know it's kind of sad that it took so long um i can see that but i also think that like so like I lucked out with my relationship, right? I lucked out that we grew together because yeah. like we started dating when I was eighteen. Um, so he was also eighteen. Yeah, it's not, I just want to let people know. Actually, we started dating when I was nineteen. He was eighteen. Missy's a no cradle robber. I was eighteen and he was eighteen. He's six months younger than me. Um, anyway. I'm lucky that we were able to grow. We were actually talking about this last night. Mm -hmm. We're very lucky that we were able to grow together and like overcome a lot of our problems together. That doesn't happen for everybody. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm, it didn't happen for me. My husband and I first started dating very briefly when I was 19 and then he's an asshole. And I was like, (laughs) I don't like you. And, um, four years later we got together and like within literally two years we were engaged yeah um like it just like snapped all together but like the the life he told me that he was leading i was like i would have never stayed with you yeah ever yeah ever and that's the that's kind of i think what is like a part of when harry met sally is the idea that like the movie is when harry met sally right when they met they were not the right person for each other yeah it wasn't right they had to grow through their proximity to other people in relationships before they could go beyond the meeting stage and actually be together. And while I find it sad, I also think that's really brave of Mm -hmm. a movie that old. Like, it's not super old, but, like, standards have changed now where that wouldn't be so weird. But, like, back then, 
like I mean I feel this like I would obviously I'm trying to have a kid so like the idea like she's so much older now so like having a kid is gonna be very different Mm -hmm. and like now that's not weird like people are having kids in their 30s and it's not weird sure but back then like telling someone like I'm in my 30s and I haven't had a kid yet but I still want to is like oh that's that's not great yeah so I think it's very brave of that movie to have essentially done that without it being like a big thing Mm -hmm. so it was a really good movie it was very funny it was cute um, I think there could be, I'm sure there's a million things written about it. But oh, yeah. I think it's fundamental to like, if you're really like want to learn about rom-com. It is the rom-com. Yeah. It like is. you watch it and you're like, this is it. This, this is, is it. the one. This is it. This is the real one yeah. of, of which all other rom-coms are striving to achieve. It's true. Um, it's great. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. I watched A Court of Fae and Flowers. I'm not done with it. Which is a, uh, <laughs> D&D-ish uh, actual play web series. Is it because they change the rules a lot? Yes. Okay. I'm, that's why I say D&D-ish. Um, it is a actual play web series from dropout.tv uh, DM'd by Abrea Iyengar, who is maybe the best DM I've ever seen. Oh, it's true. She's amazing. I've only like three episodes in. Yeah. But it's true. Uh, so what it is, is it, it is a fairy Regency story. Um, it is, it's D&D, but there's a lot of modifications to it um, that I think make the game way better. Um, it is also played by, you know, experienced improv comedians, um, which certainly Makes it a lot of fun to watch. They are very good. Uh, Yeah. And it is. So it's set in this fairy world comprised of different courts. And um, it takes place at an event called the Bloom in which there's kind of this. I think it's like an annual event or it happens every few years or whatever, uh, in which there is like a sudden surge of magic and all of the different courts come together to celebrate. Um, And the, the actors play various characters and members of these different courts with different purposes and goals and um, different reasons for being at the bloom and accomplishing different things. And I, it is so fucking charming. The thing I love most about it, I think is how they play fast and loose with the structure of D and D not to step into the discourse with regard to D and D dungeons and discourse, um, that's my new podcast, Love Do Not it. Steal. Uh, I, I've i written about it before. I have like, I feel very fondly towards D&D's very rigid rules. Um, I For me, they inspire creativity and playing against the grain. Um, and I like that in a game. I don't necessarily want to, f- to have a game that perfectly matches what kind of story I'm going to tell because I like the feeling of, um, kind of pushing at the boundaries. And that's what they do with the structure of D&D in this game. This is not a combat heavy. Uh, there's very little combat, in fact, throughout. It's actually mostly improv, I would say. Right. Um, but they do introduce some other style, some other mechanics, such as reputation mechanic. Um, their reputation among the fairy courts goes up and down based on their actions. And there is a reward for attaining the top uh, the top status. Um, they also have an epistolary phase where they write letters uh, to other characters or NPCs and then react to them, which is delightful. 
um, which kind of brings in the Regency feeling to D&D, which is a game which is very grounded in uh, a specific tradition of medieval fantasy derivative of Tolkien. Um, I thought it was so good. I really, really, really enjoyed watching it. It was delightful. Um, I love the characters. They're all wonderful. And it was so much fun. If any of that sounds interesting to you, it is absolutely worth a watch. I think you can get a month free of Dropout when you sign up or something like that. Um, but it's $5 per month. And there's only eight episodes, I think, maybe 10 episodes of A Court of Fane Flowers that are roughly two to three hours each. Um, so it's not short, but I think it is uh, totally worth watching if you like actual play stuff, if you like Regency stuff, if you like fairy bullshit um all that kind of stuff it was super super fun and really charming and i would die for antara i'm excited to finish it i would die i would die for antara um anyway your turn i watch or i finished she hulk the show on disney plus about she hulk with um (laughs) Tatiana. Tatiana Manslani in it. For some reason, just... jo- my husband and I started saying Tatiana. Like she that. is just a treasure. The, 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 the range of her acting is just like, I feel like if you watch She-Hulk, you wouldn't be like, you'd be like, oh, she's just like, she's just okay. But when you see everything that she's done, you're like, no, she has such a range. Yeah. She's just so Orphan good. Black alone. No, just Orphan Black alone is so good. Um, So She-Hulk um, is a Marvel show about uh, a lawyer named, I can't remember her name. She-Hulk. Jessica. Jessica Walters. Jessica Walters. And her cousin is the Hulk. Um, and they go on a trip together and there's a car crash and she accidentally gets his blood in her and she becomes Gross. the Hulk. And there is so much discourse about this show online, obviously. Not surprising, zero people. No. Um, a Marvel show... Uh, like with a woman fronting it and bad CGI, <laughs> um, which they make fun of mm-hmm. in the show about. Um, and yeah, she becomes a She-Hulk and she has to deal with what that means. She just wants to be a lawyer while she gets, you know, let go because she's She-Hulk and they're like, that's that's a liability. But then she, she gets hired to be a superhero lawyer, but they only allow her to do it as She-Hulk. She cannot be her normal self. Um, and so much of this show... From what I hear, it's very it's very similar. To, like the feel is very similar to the comic, like breaking the fourth wall. But they don't do it so much that it feels like I like Deadpool, but like it happens often in there. It doesn't happen as often. It just like sometimes happens. Like there's a really good. Um, she goes to a wedding and she breaks the fourth wall. And she's like, "Is this a wedding episode?" Yes, it is. You're just gonna have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And, and like little things like that. There's not really a real enemy till the end. Um, but she, there's all these other like mini enemies, and um, I just think the show's really self aware. It definitely wants to be a sitcom, and I think that's really interesting. I think that oh, you know what else I have on here that I, werewolf by night. Um, I think it's really interesting, and I'm excited to see Marvel do things that aren't just like super easy. I I think that she, doing She Hulk was relatively easy, but doing it in like leaning into the quote-unquote girly kind of stuff that people would find girly I think was a really good idea also the best Marvel character I will hear nothing otherwise was um fuck what's her name Madison Madison why I know that it's uh Madison with a y but not where you think um the best character 
ever to live period in anything she's perfect i can't even explain what how perfect she is you just have to watch it um and then in the end they just go full like okay this is some spoilers they go full blown incel 4chan type thing like full on and it's just wild and there's like crazy fourth wall breaking in that like to the point where it's like this is ridiculous there's a point where i thought my tv broke i thought i thought the show crashed and i'm not the only person because it starts to get that fucking like meta i guess you could say it is wild and so good and i think they took a lot of risks um but not like a ton right but i think they took a lot of risks away from like what's typically marvel so like doing a wedding episode putting her on like a dating episode right and the the um the marketing for it was brilliant. She was on, like, they put She-Hulk on some of the, on, I think, it, I can't remember which, I think it might have been Tinder. They put her her profile on Tinder. So, like, you could match with She-Hulk. They had videos of, um, what's her name from The Good Place? Um, the real tall one. Um, what is her name? She's tall and beautiful. And she's one of the villains. And they had... Jamila Jamil. Yes. They had, like, video of her just in L.A., like putting her poster over She-Hulk posters. Like that was it. It was just her doing that randomly. And just like all these other little things, I thought the marketing was just brilliant. I I just, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, and it was really fun. And I appreciated the, um, just be, like this commentary on Marvel dudes. Loved mm. it. Loved it. People like Marvel guys were so un- mad, not the ending specifically, but that this show just existed. And it was definitely one of those, like, it's not that I hate women. It's just a bad show. When I'm like, it's not. It's not a bad show. Like, I think it's pretty good. Um, my husband loved it because there's a lot of fighting. And he said every Marvel should be like this because there needs to be more fighting. Um, there is a, quite a bit of fighting, but it's fun. It's like, it's really fun, right? It's her just being like, I'm so fucking sick of this. <laughs> Please stop. There's a lot of co- commentary on like what it's like to be a woman. There's a lot of discourse around that and like how, why you have to keep your cool. Um, and like Megan Thee Stallion was in it which was great. Uh, Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Nice. I watched Hamlet, the uh, Kenneth Branagh 1996 version um, because I decided I wanted to write a story that relies heavily on knowledge of Hamlet because I'm a fool. Um, And you know what? It's easier to watch Hamlet the movie with the subtitles on than to read Hamlet the play by Shakespeare. It's a good movie too. It is. It actually adapts like every line. So, oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Most, That's probably why I watched it in my CP class. Yeah, most Hamlet adaptations like trim some things, which is fine. But this one adapts the entire play, which means it is four hours. Yeah, I was gonna say long. it's not like four. Hours. It's very long. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It kicks ass. If you don't know <laughs> Hamlet. Uh, Hamlet is the story of the skull. <laughs> the skull's only in it for a moment. Um, There's the witches in this one too, right? No, that's Macbeth. That's Macbeth. Uh, Hamlet is about Hamlet, the prince of Denmark, um, whose father, uh, King Claudius. No, yeah, no, Claudia. No, King Hamlet. King Hamlet. He's Prince Hamlet. King Hamlet. Claudius is current king. Uh, his father, King Hamlet, um, dies. 
and uh, likely was murdered by his his brother Claudius. Uh, Hamlet sees his father's ghost, who says, "Your uncle did it. You gotta kill him." And Hamlet's like, "Fuck, you're right." But I first I gotta prove it. And Hamlet's way of proving this is to act insane and horrible to everybody. Uh, and ruin everybody's life as well as his own. And you know, I love a story about somebody ruining their own life. So, of course, I fucking love Hamlet. Um, I don't have a lot to say. It's Hamlet. You may not know Hamlet, you know? Like, you may not have ever read Hamlet. You may have never seen Hamlet. But, like... But you probably do. Hamlet is so ingrained. <laughs> Like you, you watch Hamlet and you're like, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. So many sayings originated in Hamlet that you would, they're just commonly said and they came from Hamlet. Um, obviously there's like the to be or not to be speech. Uh, uh, poor Yorick. I probably knew him or I, God, well, now I can't remember the line. Alas, poor Yorick. I barely knew him or I hardly knew him. I can't remember what, what, what the actual line is, which is kind of defeating my own point, but whatever. Um, and you, in addition to those, there's like all of these phrases that that now are common speech that came directly from Hamlet. Um, it's my opinion that there's a reason Hamlet's considered one of the greatest works of literature ever created, and it's because it's really fucking good. Do I like it as much as A Midsummer Night's Dream? No, because of course love. I love the fairy bullshit, right? Like, of course I love the fairy bullshit. Um, but Hamlet is a very close second and the Kenneth Branagh version is really fun to watch. Um, Kenneth Branagh as a director and as an actor is quite hit or miss. Um, lest we forget Kenneth Branagh is responsible for Hamlet. Yes, but he is also responsible for the first Thor movie. <laughs> so, so, That's which, right. Which has its moments, you know, and he's also doing the Agatha Christie ad uh, adaptations, which are my I didn't watch Death on the Nile, but uh <laughs> from what you Murder know. on the Orient Express sure was something. Something. I enjoyed it because I love a campy mystery, but like it was not great. Um but uh I I had a good time. Well, I mean it's Hamlet. It's not going to hit for everybody, but like it is a fucking good story. <laughs> And it's well acted. Love Kate Winslet as Ophelia. I oh, thought that's right. I thought Kenneth Branagh does an excellent job as uh, as Hamlet, and uh, it's good. It's good if you need if you want to experience Hamlet, and you're like, I can't fucking read this, and I do not blame you. Yeah, uh, the Kenneth Branagh adaptation is great. It is just four hours long, so either set aside some time or. You could watch it like a play and do an intermission. There is an intermission in the movie. Yeah. The problem is that it's like four-fifths of the way through the movie. <laughs> they put they put the inter intermission like after act four of a five-act play. They probably did it where a movie would typically end. May I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, it's good. Watch Hamlet. There you have it. I read a million years ago, because we have taken a, a break off. But, yes, we um, did take a break. Charming Your Dad by Sarah Blue. Um, I... So this book is about a witch. I'm like already in. Um, and a demon, double in. <laughs> um, so the witch just named, I just looked it up. It's the only reason I can remember. Her name is Blair. And she is like typical goth witch. Like she's like, I'm goth witch. Deal with it. <laughs> but in this world, witches are more like hippie-like and like live off the land. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, fuck this. This is so fucking boring. And she hates her mother, who is like the head witch. And um, 
she just hates the all that stuff. She's like, I just want to like, she owns a bar and she has a boyfriend who is just a human. And, but she's like, and he like sucks, right? He just really sucks. And then in the beginning she finds out he's cheating on her. Like so he accidentally sends her um, a video or, or I think yeah, video or sound of him having sex with one of her one of the other girls in her coven who's just a fucking idiot and she goes to his open house and uh, magically puts the the sound of the video into the speakers of the house so everybody has to hear it and then she posts posters all over the town all like with him like lasers coming out of his eyes i'm like this is the petty i love it's so good she's like there's magic and then there's just putting flyers around town that have lasers coming out of your your eyes saying i'm a cheater and like there's a magic to that too anyway she's in her bar and then her friend who is still kind of hippie but her best friend's like yo your ex-boyfriend's dad's out there wouldn't it be great to get revenge by sleeping with your ex-boyfriend's dad and she's like you're totally right let's go do that i'm gonna go do that and she does and oops she falls in love um if you read this book the i contemplated putting this in my in like um the spicy um book corner that we do but but i don't think the sex is like a huge it's just like an addition to the story can i just really briefly if you're if you are subscribed at the five dollar level for level for the spicy book club i'm so sorry there hasn't (laughs) been a new episode i couldn't find it in the folder and i swear to god it just reappeared yesterday oh well it was reappeared i looked and looked and looked and it's in alphabetical order it starts with the letter S. It should be easy to find. <laughs> but I looked in every fucking folder and couldn't find it. And then I looked again yesterday and it was there. Well, and we haven't done one in a while because I just haven't had time to read like read anything. Yeah. Um. So I contemplated putting that. But like the sex in it is like really intense. Like they even go to a, a sex club and do lots of stuff there and like dirty things happen but one of the reasons why i I saw this book and i was like um on tiktok because of course and i was like oh i want to read that it was um a smutty book but still has a good plot and i i think this does i don't think it has the best writing right but it's not bad writing and the plot is really good so she accident not accidentally she's convinced to finally go to this like full moon ritual where um, the rest of her, you learn the rest of her coven really just kind of siphons power from her because she's for some reason really powerful. Um, and they siphon their power from her. And she's like, I'm so sick of you doing this. So I, she stopped going. And finally, her friend was able to convince her to go. Um, oops, actually, they were going to sacrifice her Uh-oh. Um, and just kill her. And um, they almost do it until she gets pissed off and like breaks the ground. Um, she's like, well, something's wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to do that. And then the guy i remember dax i think is his name he's a demon and satan's like i want you to go spread your seed around the world and have half demon babies and like spoilers it doesn't work (laughs) you just have regular babies um and so he has one which is her her ex-boyfriend where he's like i feel like a shitty dad and maybe i should go do something and like actually have a relationship with my son so like that's there and you know they get together and spoilers you find out the reason she's so powerful is because she's satan's daughter oh yeah it actually was really good i really loved it i liked the relationship in it there's a secondary relationship in it that i thought was really cute and fun um there's another one coming out that's a prequel with um lilith and satan and which god i love a lilith um 
And then there'll be another one coming out with another demon. Um, I love these demons. They're just like corporate demons. Yeah, I just love corporate corporate demons. Like that's fun. And like Satan's not really like a bad guy, but he like is because, you know, he's like, I want more demons. Corporate demons was such a trope in short fiction for a while that a few outlets banned corporate demons. Really? Stories. Yeah. I love it. I think it's fun. I guess I didn't read a lot of it. So I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it was. It from now. I think it was such a big thing in short fiction specifically that 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 makes sense because the book that i forgot to put on here is a short story yeah it was a lot of i remember reading some outlets and i was like i didn't realize this was (laughs) such a big thing that we had to ban any more corporate demon stories i think it's fun i i you know i didn't you know i think it's fun and i like it i i like this idea of like I don't know. I love demons. I've read all kinds of demon stories and I like all of them, really. Someday I'll finish the like two thirds finished romance novel (laughs) I wrote that involves demons. Please finish it. It's like done in that it is it has a complete plot from beginning (laughs) to end, but it is poorly written. I love like that demon that's like, "Mm, I've been a bad dad. Maybe you should go fix that. Um, I like that. I think that's fun. Uh, But yeah, I really liked it. I think if, you know, if that sounds interesting, it's a fun, it's a fun story. Um, It finishes up in one book. Love it. Love a standalone. Mm -hmm. There's other books in, in the world, but it doesn't continue the story. More standalones forever and always. Um, But yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Nice. I read Book of Night by Holly Black, which is Holly Black's first true adult novel. Um, It is about a character named Charlie, who is a former con artist in a world in which... I already loved it. Of course. A world in which um, shadow magic exists, which means that you essentially use your shadow or alter your shadow to... Uh, do magic stuff. It kind of where I'm at, I and mean, it kind of reminds me of a golden compass. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Like They're the demons. The yeah, there's like, and, like yeah, being detached. Yeah, it's really interesting. The magic system is is interesting. The book. Oh, and it's a it's uh it ends up being kind of a noir mystery. So extra love. Sex. Yeah. No. This the the main character and the idea of this magical noir mystery definitely really appealed to me as I was reading it, and I overall really enjoyed this book. Um, I thought the beginning was a bit slow, which was mostly because there was a there was like quite a lot of world building. Um, in order to understand the mystery that kicks in in this book, you have to understand the magic system, and the magic system is quite complex. Um, that's probably why I'm stuck at the beginning yeah it really does pick up like it picks up a lot I actually think now this is weird because I'm saying the beginning was slow I think the book would have benefited from being longer Mm -hmm. like maybe another hundred pages to spread out some of the world building over an additional space because I did get a little tired of reading the information about how magic works in this Mm -hmm. universe but Holly Black is a strong writer she's as far as like like she just writes books that compel me all the way through because she's really interested in like grittiness and texture. But she's so matter of fact in her writing. Yeah. Like her writing, I know this sounds like when I say flat, I mean it's just like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. Yeah. She's, she uses her descriptions are really apt and clear. And when she uses yeah. a metaphor, it's a metaphor that like gets to the heart of the thing. Like, 
her language isn't necessarily flowery, but when mm-hmm. it is flowery, it's for a damn good purpose. It's so good. You should read the one that takes place in the um, Folk of the Air that isn't about Cardin. Mm. It's, I think you'd really like it. Yeah. it's So I really enjoyed this book. I, Like I said, I found the beginning to be a bit slow, but once it got going... It, it was very enjoyable. The ending is so good. Like, it's, it's, I didn't realize that there was going to be a second one. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, this is a book one. <laughs> oh, I hate when they treat, you know what? I'm not surprised because she went to a bunch of places that Lee Bardu went to for mm-hmm. when Lee Bardu wrote, um, Ninth House. Ninth House. And uh, and she's like, their friend, like, that's what Lee Bardu did. She's like, oh, here's Ninth House. Just kidding. It's uh, just the first book. When you, yeah, when you get to the end of this one, you, like, holy shit. So, like, three, I'm not going to spoil what goes on, um, but the about three pages from the end, I'm like, holy shit, what a good ending. Like, what a good fucking ending. I didn't see this coming, but, like, this is the perfect, like, quote unquote as happy as it can be ending and then you turn two more pages and I was like oh fuck (laughs) oh fuck I thought this was a happy ending it is not it is only one part of the story she's so good yeah she she really fucking nailed that ending um I really liked the book I thought it was really good I thought it was a great like entry into adult fiction for Holly Black um, like I said, I found the beginning a bit slow. I wish it had been maybe a hundred pages longer, and I wish the um the ultimate mystery maybe would have been one degree less complex. Um, because there were a lot of characters involved in the conspiracy at the center, and I had real trouble keeping track of all of them because there was there was like six people at the heart of this conspiracy, and I knew who four of them were, and I kept losing track of the other two. Um, but overall, I had a great time reading this book. I love the main character. She's complex and interesting, driven by anger and bad decisions. You know, I love that. Um, it also reminded me of Magic for Liars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Magic for Liars is a good comparison. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed Magic for Liars, you'll probably like Book of Night. Yeah. Um, don't expect, like, as far as adult fiction goes, like, this is an adult book, but don't expect, like, hot... It's not a super spicy book or anything. It's not, like, it's not that kind of adult fiction. It's just, like, the complexity of the story and the complexity of the emotions, especially at work in Charlie, the main character, are more complex, go figure, than what you would find in her young adult Mm -hmm. fiction. Both are very enjoyable. They're just kind of doing different things. And I I appreciate that she brought some of that into adult fiction and went a little deeper. Um, So I really liked it. I would recommend it. It just, just know it is a bit slow in the beginning, um, but it does pick up. And if you like a complicated protagonist, if you like a murder mystery, um, there's a lot there to enjoy. I watched The Invitation, which I first saw this, this, um, about, saw something about this movie online where someone was like, this movie was, um, marketed terribly because it should have been marketed all over Book Talk. And they're right. It should have been. Um, it is, uh, I don't want, when I say fan fiction, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's like fan fiction of Dracula in the best way possible. Um, except for like, you know, a few other things. Um, the story is about a woman who lives in New York. Uh, her her mother had just died a couple of months prior. Her father died when she was very young. And she's working like odd jobs. She's also going to school for art. And she um, 
gets like the blood test done where not blood test but like the 23 and me type thing mm. you know, the, the dna test done and she it pops up that she has some family in england which she knows that her mother was there or her grandmother was there so it makes sense he comes over and um it's very funny because the two her and her best friend they're black and when she's showing she's like oh this is my cousin she goes she's like that is the whitest man i've ever seen and it's very true um and he's like oh my god somebody's getting like one of our family friends is getting married you should come and she's like i could not he's like no it's on me and her friend's like please go like that's amazing so she goes and um spoilers she's the one getting married like they literally spoil it in the trailer <laughs> she's the one getting married uh you don't find that out till later um but the guy who plays the vampire is so hot uh i don't think he's for everybody but he's just kind of like that really like i now i want to see yeah someone said like oh sh- this person was has definitely read akatar and was channeling reese <laughs> and i think that's accurate despite that he's white and reese isn't supposed to be white um but I thought it was fun. It definitely what did like they they should have marketed this more to a very specific audience. They marketed it for horror, and yes, it is horror, but it's also like this very wild non love story and just silly and crazy and takes place in this big mansion. And I think that they're they try to make some commentary on like race, and I don't think they like really. I don't think it like worked very well, but for the type of movie it was, I was like, that's good on you. Like that's, you know, you tried a little bit there and it's, it's brought up in ways that make sense. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of like get out mixed with Mexican Gothic. And I think the, tra- the trailer that I saw reminded me of ready or not. Yes, it is like ready or not. It is just like, yes, it is very similar to ready or not. Um, because we were watching it and I, I thought that as well. So if you liked Ready or Not and you want um, something like that, totally watch this. If you like reading like vampire stories um, where like the vampire is actually bad, yes, watch this. Um, do you want to see some rich people be awful? Yes, watch this. Do you want to see a scene where they're eating food and it's disgusting? <laughs> like, yes, watch this. It was just silly and fun. I watched it with my husband and he had actually seen the trailer and he's like, oh, Mary needs to watch this. And he was correct. Um, after watching it, my husband wanted to watch Barbarian and I was like, I'm not watching Barbarian after that. I want to end my day on this very fun vampire movie um i just think that somebody was trying to market it as like we as if we were in like 2000 2015 or something mm-hmm. and i just don't think that they took advantage of the places in which they could have marketed this and it could have mm-hmm. been much bigger than it was in a very specific niche um which is unfortunate because i do think that this this it's good it is good it's silly it's not like a great movie but kind of like ready or not yeah it's it's not as good as ready or not but yes okay but it's the same it's the same thing it's it's still fun and i really enjoyed it and if that like if you're really into like dracula you're definitely gonna like (laughs) it um yeah it was a good time nice it was only a little scary not too scary at all Uh, there's just one scene I watched Mulholland Drive. Now, full disclosure here, I realized after watching Mulholland Drive, this is the only David Lynch thing I have watched all the way through. Really? Yeah. Um, I know I seem like a person who would be all over David Lynch, but to be honest, I have not ever finished anything David Lynch has. I watched like 
a good portion of the first season of Twin Peaks, but I didn't finish it. Um, Mulholland Drive is a movie about... (laughs) It's complicated. (laughs) It is a movie about... I'm going to put it this way. A young actress who moves to Hollywood and in the room she moves into, she finds a young woman who was in an accident and has lost her memory. And together... They sort of navigate the mystery of her identity and the young actress's desire to be a Hollywood star. Now, that sounds like a boring ass movie. (laughs) And this is not. I did confession time. I turned to my husband midway through the movie and I said, you know what? I respect the hell out of what he's doing here, but I don't know that David Lynch is the director for me. (laughs) And then I finished the movie. And I think that that's true. But this movie kicked ass. (laughs) It was the kind of movie where it ends and you go, huh. And then you go, I got to talk about this. Hmm. So I'm really glad my husband was there to talk about it with. We wanted to learn everything we could about this movie the moment that we finished it. Hmm. Now, this movie is... There is one very easy explanation for what's going on in this movie. And I think that the evidence is there to say, yes, that's what happened. But I don't think David Lynch does it like that. That's the thing is, yes, that is probably what happened. But that does not explain anything else about the movie. You can very easily say, oh, this is a movie in which this thing happens and you go yep that is what i watched but you have only scratched the surface as to what the movie is doing again i didn't like love watching this movie but i am so glad that i did Hmm. watch it like i'm so glad that i watched it that i now have that in my like mental rolodex of movies that made me think that hard Mm it's it's not that it's not entertaining. It is. It's just that, like, I don't know. Maybe I think if I watched a different David Lynch movie, I might have a different reaction to it simply because I think the subject matter of this one was not particularly one that interests me. The Like, Hollywood stuff is just not really, that's not really my my thing, you know? Um so I'm very interested to see some of his other work and and really get into that. And I want to give Twin Peaks another shot and like really pay attention to it, um, which I didn't do the first time I watched it. Uh, I've gotten a lot better at watching TV and movies over the years. Um, so I thought it was excellent. Like it was a really, really, really fucking good movie. Um, but I don't know that I enjoyed the experience of watching it. Like as I was watching it, I was like, eh, you know, I'm kind of kind of bored um i'm not super invested then there's a big twist you could call it a twist but i think that's inaccurate there's a big reveal we'll say even that is it's suggesting something that isn't true of the movie something happens in the last half hour to 45 minutes that like significantly changes your perception of the first part of the movie and that was really well done. It was really well executed in my opinion. It's still like, it didn't like grab my attention in the same way that like I expect of a movie that I find really interesting, but 
again, so glad I watched this movie. So glad I like now have familiarity with this movie because it really, it was really, really good. Even if I didn't actually enjoy the experience of watching it that much. I think that it is still good to engage with art that is difficult or confusing or even not super enjoyable to you. Like this is an extremely well-made movie. Even if I didn't like love every minute of it, like it was so purposeful. Every single moment is so heavy with meaning. And uh, I think it's like truly an exceptional, exceptional movie. So I think that's big praise from you. Cause I feel like, I mean, I know you haven't watched other David Lynch, but I feel like David Lynch could easily be the, um, well, people just like this edgy man. Yeah. I, the thing is, I think a lot of, I think it's easy to look at his work and be like, this is weird for weirdness's sake, which I don't think that's in, like, I don't think that's without value. I have, I've been thinking a lot about that kind of thing lately after going to like the Mo- Museum of Modern Art and um, Philosophy Tube again. Sorry about YouTube video recommendations, but Philosophy Tube just did a video called like, is art meaningless? Um, that I watched that was really great as well. If only, like, if nothing else, to learn about how art is used for money laundering. Um, but anyway. I've read some fan fictions about that. Art is money laundering? Yeah. Wild. Um, so I, I've kind of had that, like, difficult art thing on my mind. And I think that's kind of where David Lynch sits for me, is it's not super enjoyable for me. Like, the like, I don't, I don't like feel great when I'm watching his movies. Like I'm not enraptured. Um, You're not a David Lynch fan. No, I am. I would say that I that okay. I, I I think he's an amazing person. I love the fact that he fucking refuses. Like one of my favorite things that David Lynch has ever said is he said, "You know, I think Eraserhead is my most spiritual film." And the interviewer says, "Do you care to elaborate on that?" And he just goes, "No." <laughs> and that's how he approaches all of his movies: is no, I will not elaborate. Um, and I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I think this is, I legitimately, I think this movie is a masterpiece. Um, it's just not one that I enjoyed. Like, I wasn't hooked to the screen every moment. It didn't capture my attention the same way that, like, another very weird movie, uh, Valerie and Her Week of Wonders. It didn't capture me in the same way that one did. Um, but it's not a lesser movie for that. I think that's such an interesting thing to say of like, cause so many people will go to watch something like that and they don't like it. They're like, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was that good, but to be able to be like, I didn't necessarily like it, but I can like, I can, I think what it's doing is great is something that a lot of people would benefit from doing. Yeah. I like, I'm so glad that this movie exists and I'm so glad that I watched it. And I'm, I'm really glad that I now have it as a thing that I've experienced, even if I didn't, like I wasn't hooked to the screen every moment. It's not your favorite movie? No, it's not my favorite movie, but it was a great fucking movie. It's no sucker punch. <laughs> That's I think it's a sin. I think you're going straight to hell for putting <laughs> for comparing Sucker Punch to Mulholland Drive. I know Sucker Punch is so much better. <laughs> Honestly, someone's gonna hate me. Honestly, uh I think I say someone's gonna hate crime you, but <laughs> honestly <laughs> Um, I, somewhere, somewhere in the world is the thesis for Sucker Punch and Mulholland Drive in conversation with one another, oh, and I may have to be the person to write that I essay. Want it. Um, I want it. Listen, I'm listening. Listen, it's like you could do it. It's an argument that could be made, you can just not in, in Sucker head. Punch's favor, but, but it could be done. Um, anyway, Mulholland Drive is an incredible movie. 
I didn't love the experience of watching it, but I'm so glad I did. That's so interesting. And not in the same way that I didn't enjoy the experience of I Spit on Your Grave, which is like unpleasant. This movie is unpleasant at times, but not like I Spit on Your Grave. Well, if anybody watches that movie, it's not like, oh, that was unpleasant. It is really unpleasant. I don't want to be around. But I, like I said in a recent episode, Mary, I enjoyed I Spit on Your Grave, which is absolutely a movie that's like misogynistic and ableist mm-hmm. and, and all of these things. I enjoyed it more than like the feminist take on it, Revenge. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think I Spit on Your Grave is a better movie than Revenge. Oh, I'm now so you, sorry. Now you're really going to get hate mail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I thought that it was a more interesting movie. If I didn't think, well, first of all, if I think I could sit through a 20-minute rape scene and I didn't think that we would literally get, like, first of all, I think people might not listen to us if we did. It would be a really interesting um, episode. I talked about it ages ago. Like, one yeah. of our very first But I think if we d- dug into it, it would be so interesting. It I is. It's a fascinating I movie. think that we would lose some people. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I, I here's the thing. Like I am not recommending you watch I Spit on Your Grave. I am not recommending it. I mean, we did the same thing with Twilight, not recommending you mm-hmm. watch it or read it. But the No, company- I don't. The thing is, I don't think it's a good movie. Um, I think. Okay. I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah. yeah I don't think I Spit on Your Grave is a good movie. I think that it is exploitative. But I think that the way that it is exploitative is compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, revenge is going to work better for the vast majority of people as it should. Mm-hmm. I think I think that I I think that revenge is better in a lot of ways. Okay, so here's the thing. It's not that I, I Spit on Your Grave is a better movie than Revenge. It's that I Spit on Your Grave is a more interesting movie mm-hmm. to me, even though Revenge is what a rape revenge film like should be like. Mm-hmm. And I Spit on Your Grave is probably a bad example. I found I Spit on Your Grave more compelling. Interesting. I think that horror has some of the most like opportunity for such giant deep dives. Mm-hmm. I think horror, I wish I could watch more horror because I just think it's, it is probably to me one of the most political genres. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so, I think people just take it for like, oh, it's just a horror movie. And that's why it's a shame that like award ceremonies like don't mm-hmm. acknowledge horror movies because they're missing out. Yeah. Or like try to twist like Jordan Peele's movie to not be horror and like be like, oh and no, it's good. Coining the idea of elevated horror. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just bullshit. Um anyways, off topic, but um yeah. Movies, man. Movies. <laughs> you hear about these? <laughs> it's just like a movie. <laughs> Truly. Um, last thing I have is Werewolf by Night I'm actually not going to talk a lot about this because I really really want to know what Missy thinks about it um, because I have a 20 year crush on Gail Garcia yeah, Bernal so there's that it's also noir-esque and and I love werewolves it's short um, and it's a hoot it's not a hoot down it, but it's kind of <laughs> say it's a hoot. And I was like, it, hey. it's kind of a hoot it's, it's not a hoot done it but it's like a where is it <laughs> Where is it? Is what there is a it? MacGuffin? Are I you familiar know. with MacGuffins? I am, but I don't know. I could not tell you what it is. But I, but a I've MacGuffin, heard that word so many times. A MacGuffin is Star like Wars. an object around which the plot revolves, but the actual object is unimportant. Yeah, I would say. Did that- you like? Did you did you watch the Maltese Falcon for this? No. Okay. Well, the Maltese Falcon is about everybody trying to get this Maltese Falcon statue. 
and that's what the movie's about. Everybody's trying to get the yes, fucking statue. Okay. But the statue actually is unimportant. Yeah, so the thing the thing is that somebody dies and they're like the head of the monster hunters and now everyone has to go do like a hunt this monster and the first person to bring the monster back gets to be head of the monster hunters. Mm. And you get this like red, ruby red jewel okay thing. Um I can't I don't want to say much. It's, sh- it's pretty short. It's like an hour and 10 or something minutes it's not very long and um i'm just really curious what you would think i have some i have some critiques of it but i still don't want to say it i thought it was good and not brave i thought it was (laughs) i don't think marvel can do anything brave (laughs) it was brave in that um it doesn't feel like a marvel movie but it still does at times sure um i think it's part of that whole like it looks like they're trying to do something different and i'm happy for that sure um i think of all marvel things you'd probably like this the most okay um this is just a PS, not PSA. This is just a me trying to get Missy to watch this. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. So it's got three things working for it, which is that I have a 20 year long crush. Mm-hmm. Man, not 20 years. How old am I? You're 30. I'm 33. I'll be 34 33. in a few days. Oh, that's right. Um, So. The fourth? Yeah. So I'll be, it's probably like a 15 year crush on Gail Garcia Bernal since I first saw him. In the Science of Sleep, which probably came out in 2006 or something. And I loved him. I was in love with Gail Garcia Bernal. Um, And so it's got that going for it. It's got werewolves. Um, Longtime listeners know I'm a werewolf. I'm not a vampire girl. I'm a werewolf girl. A werewolf connoisseur. I am a werewolf connoisseur. Um, And there's a mystery. And I love that. So it's got three things working positive for positively for me, but my expectations are managed because it's Marvel. Yeah, and I think there are parts of it you're like, this is definitely Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, those parts my husband loved, and I thought they were funny and fun. Um, but uh, I wish there's some when when you finally watch it, we'll talk about it. But um, I really liked it. I think if you like the weirder things Marvel's doing, you'll love it. Um, and if you really love Marvel, you probably will like it. It is different. It's mostly in black and white. Um, it's slow for a Marvel movie. It's not slow, <laughs> but it's slow for a Marvel movie. It's no Mulholland Drive. It's no Mulholland Drive. Um, but yeah, I really, I liked it. I thought it was good, but I definitely have some critiques and the critiques are not like deep critiques. There's like, I wish there was more of this. I wish there was more of Gail Garcia. Bernal. I mean, he's in it a lot. Good. Like it's mostly just him. Honestly, it's like. Gail, Gail Garcia Bernal is like one of the longest lash- lasting celebrity crushes. Fair. He, I guess, when they wrote this, they he just has a beautiful face. They only had him in mind. They Good. wrote it for him. They were right to do so. Yeah, he so. needs to be in more. He's so charming. He is. He has those big eyes. We got Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. and now we have Gail Garcia Gail Bernal. Garcia Bernal. Because they were like, was they Pedro, did things together, right? Was Pedro Pascal also in Itu Mama Tambien? I thought so. I thought that was, I thought that was like, you know, we got like a a two for one in that There's, one. The problem is that I know both Pedro Pascal and Diego Luna are in Star Wars, and I can't remember which one is the Mandalorian and which one yeah. is Cassie and Andor. Um, Pedro Pascal is, um, and I know one of them was in Itu Mama Tambien, but I can't remember which one. Pedro Pascal is, um... Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian. I think Diego Luna is 
Um, Ichi Mama Tambien. Yes, and, okay. he's in, and he is in. Um, that's who it is. Yeah. Diego Luna. The problem here's the problem. All three of them are babes. Yeah, it's true. It's three babes, and they're all friends and very funny. Yeah, it's true. They're, they're it's true. It is. They are all babes, and so yeah, of course they're in these things. Diego Luna's so funny. <laughs> that's right. So is Pedro Pascal. <laughs> also extremely funny. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I, I'm excited for you to watch it. I think Josh is going to fucking love it. Yeah, and I think that you're going to like it and be like, "Wow, they! I wish they didn't do these things. They yeah. wish they did this instead." Yeah, that sounds likely. Yeah. So I hope you liked my um absolutely spoiler free, <laughs> absolutely useless review of Werewolf by Night. Listen, if you're not here to listen to us talk to each other, then I don't know why you're listening to a podcast where we talk to each other. I guess that's true. I mean, it started out with Kermit is my boyfriend. Kermit is Kermit my is boyfriend. Frog. Kermit is a frog. So I feel like you knew what you're getting into. You know, you know, you know what we're about. Um, Some people just listen to these and I, think I know it's wild. Shout out to the discord for when I asked if I should cut the Harry Styles <laughs> rambling. Everybody's like, do not cut that. <laughs> I think people like our rambling. Yeah, that seems to be probably the- why they only listen to these ones. Yeah, because they're. So- I mean, this is such a different. But they vibe. don't know what they're missing when we talk about Harry Styles and his empty head. Yeah. For a oh, few after minutes. this, we should watch the the music video. Yes, we can do that. Yes, yes. Um, and that's it. That's it for this episode. Uh, if you <laughs> like us. <laughs> if you like this, you can find us online at fakeygirlscast.com, which has all of our episodes available. Um, it also has transcripts for some of our episodes. That's an ongoing project. Thank you very much to Emily June, who is assisting with compiling those transcripts, which is a lot of work. Um, if you like us and you like this podcast and you want to talk with other people who like the podcast as well as us, give me a shout out at contact at fakeygirlscast.com and I can get you an invite to our Discord. Um, where you two can weigh in on things like, should we cut the Harry Styles tangent out of the Practical Magic episode? Um, Next up, it's Daria. I'm so excited. The Daria episode is going to be, I think, a little weird. Well, it, yeah. (laughs) Because the first part is all about my beef with generational distinctions and then analyzing every angle of what Daria has been called, the Daria the character, and whether or not we think it's true. I want the Britney content. The Britney content. Justice for a bimbo. <laughs> yeah. Britney, Britney says br- bimbo rights. Yeah, I, um, I, I just like, I. she's the most feminist character. I really like Britney, actually. I love Britney, and like, I, I'm like, I, I watch it, and I was like, there is an academic look at this and I don't know what it is Mm -hmm. like there's something I try to go look for anything about like someone has to have written about Britney and like the significance of her it is hard to find actually articles about Daria a lot of them are paywalled oh um the thing I'm most sad about is I'm gonna have to go back to college to write a dissertation on (laughs) six sad world I can't believe there's I know Six Sad World is so interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm fa- every time Six Sad World com- goes on on the show, I'm like, what is it today? So interesting. Um, this time, Six Sad World. I lo- yeah. Uh, d- I didn't love Daria to begin with. The I mean, show. That's fair. The first season's a little rough, but I, I like it. I like it quite a bit now. Um, Daria remains my least favorite of the characters. Who is your favorite? Who is my favorite? Is it Jane, because Jane. I do. I love Jane. My favorite. The only reason I say this is because literally every time she speaks, it cracks me up. And that is 
uh, Quinn's friend. Oh, the slow, the one, not the slow one, but the one. The one he's like, Quinn. Quinn, you look. I like your sandals. Like she sounds like a ghost or something. So cute. Yes, God, that one. She cracks me up every single time. She could say hello and i would fucking <laughs> laugh i think it's so funny um, oh my god look at her shoes <laughs> i would say my favorite my favorite character is probably jane oh, daria jane. has gotten better over time too yes well jane starts calling her out on her shit exactly and yeah. I, I appreciate that i like jane i love her brother too he's so fucking dumb he's Listen, so if, stupid if people can get behind him and not britney then they're wrong yeah, he's so stupid he's so dumb i love it i love how fucking stupid he is <laughs> there's a himbo <laughs> Truly. i don't think he's strong though that's true he's not strong that's a weak noodle man uh, after that, we're going to be doing Russian Doll. I'm so excited. Too bad we didn't do it sooner so that Mary can deep re- more deeply appreciate my Halloween costume. Instead, she's just going to have to be like, oh, later. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> As I know she's just like that. To do. Oh, oh, wow. Wow, Missy. Wow, Missy. Cool Russian cool Doll. Costume. <laughs> um, and that's it. All right, catch you on the flip side. <laughs>